morning, church. It's good to be here again in my lounge, and hopefully you in your lounge or somewhere in your home. And it's good that we can continue to hear God's word, that God's word can continue to be preached to us, us and that we can you know, just sit under the authoritative word of God and listen to what God has to say to us through the sacred scriptures. And my prayer is that we, you know, we just, just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as we go through this time. That we keep looking to Him, that we, that we continue to trust in Him, and, and walk faithfully, obediently, and humbly with Him. And really honor God through what we are going through, and give Him all the glory. Please turn with me to Luke chapter 18. I invite you all to turn with me to Luke chapter 18. And I'll be reading from verse 9. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, idolaters, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for another morning that we can hear your word, that we can sit under your word. And I pray now that you would give us ears to hear, that we would listen and that we would understand what your word has to say and apply to our lives. Help me to be clear, help me to be thorough, and help me to be logical. But help us, Father, to, to, to hear your word and apply to our lives, to be doers of your word. But thank you again now for the authoritative word of God. Thank you for the sacred scriptures that I can be here this morning and I can continue preaching to Robertson Reformed Community Church. And may the word continue to build us up, make us strong and courageous, make us bold, but give us understanding and patience as we work through this time, this time of uncertainty that we are in at the moment. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I know last Sunday and the Sunday before I looked at sanctification and I thought let me continue, not in sanctification, but with sanctification you, you, you basically will display a righteousness. And, and, and the question really is, whose righteousness are we parading? You know, I always think of it like this. When things are going well, a whole being is full of smiles. It's easy to parade as a happy Christian. And, and, a happy, and, and, and basically praise God for, for blessing us. But I also notice when things don't go well, a whole being is crying out to God in pain. And it's very hard to parade a happy Christian life and say, look at me, I'm blessed. So like I've said, it's amazing when, when, when things are going well, 
we like we praise God, we thank Him, and we tell people how we're blessed. But when it comes to the hard times, the painful times, we kind of struggle to praise God and tell people how we are blessed. Because we are blessed through both the good and the bad. We're not just blessed through the good times. Job said, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? In this Job did not sin with his lips. So in one sense, we, we should be praising God, thanking God through both the good and the bad. Because blessings come through both the good and the bad. The blessing through the bad is really building our character. Growing us, maturing us, making us more faithful, making us stronger. So we are blessed through both the good and the bad. But through all of this, the question is, whose righteousness are we displaying? What righteousness do we display through the good times? And what righteousness are we displaying through the bad times? Because we will and we are going through a difficult time at the moment through this COVID-19 now, which righteousness are we displaying? Which righteousness are we parading? Is it our own righteousness or is it Christ's righteousness? You know, when other Christians are around us and things are going well, it's easy to parade a righteousness, a, a, a happy righteousness around them and, 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 and make God great. But is that a righteousness coming from our emotions? Is it a righteousness that is, that is coming from, from ourselves? Or is it one that's coming from God? Because we should do the same when we go through bad times. We should, we should display a, a true righteousness through the bad times as well. And by parade I mean whose righteousness are we displaying amongst this world? So my concern is that the church has become very proud. The church loves to boast and show off its greatness to the world. Now there's nothing wrong with the world seeing what's going on in your church. If it's growing, praise the Lord. If, it's, if the worship team's growing, praise the Lord. If, if the building's growing, and you're getting bigger, praise the Lord. But at the end of the day, it's who do we boast in when all of this happens? Do we go around telling our friends uh, and, and how and about the numbers, the finances, the big worship bands? Do we boast and say, oh, look, look, look what we're doing. Look what's happening. And we leave God out of the equation. I love what Jeremiah writes. Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So do we boast in our wisdom, our strength and our riches? Or are we boasting in Jesus' wisdom, Jesus' strength, and in Jesus' riches? Because we have all the riches in Christ, all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
And that's who we need to parade our righteousness in, is in Christ. God knows our hearts, and we know our hearts. We know what kind of a righteousness are we, we are displaying to people. And this is a lovely parable that I've just read, and it shows us the difference between a righteousness that is paraded as false and one that is paraded as true. And this is what Jesus shows us. He's showing us two righteousnesses. And like I've written here, a parable is usually a story. It's short and simple that illustrates a lesson or a truth. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus frequently used parables as a means of illustrating profound truths to convict people of their sin. Like someone said, we, we would either catch the point or be caught by the point. Just go read the, the little parable about Nathan and David about the sheep. And you can see there how David was caught by the point. So this morning, I want us to take a look at two types of righteousness. And I want us just to, to examine our hearts from this parable as we look at Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. And the reason is to examine our own hearts, to see if our own righteousness will be justified before our heavenly, before our heavenly Father. To see if our own righteousness will be justified before Him. So, it's important that we look to Him. But before we do this, verses 10 to 9 of Luke chapter 18, in verse 9, Jesus tells us what the parable is. He gives the reason for the parable. Some people who trust in themselves. And at the same time, they have no respect for other people. They see them as unimportant and, that, and this all takes place in the context of prayer. You've got the, the, the tax collector and you've got the Pharisee. And, and Jesus makes his point through, these religious, through the religious leader, the Pharisee, and through the ordinary tax collector. One who has a false righteousness and the one who has a true righteousness. Now, a Pharisee in Jesus' day was a religious leader. They were looked up to. They were, they were seen upon as very godly men. They were the teachers of God's law. And a Jewish tax collector, well, in Jesus' day, they were known as cheats. They were despised and looked down upon as traitors. Therefore, tax collector was seen as the person who had a false righteousness. And how often we judge people by their jobs, we judge people by their appearance, their clothing. We, 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 kind of, yeah, we kind of look down on people. But praise God, He doesn't do that. He doesn't look down on people. It's like that old saying, don't judge a book by its cover. So let's now look at the first type of righteousness. And this righteousness is a false righteousness, which we see as we look at verses 11 to 12, of Luke chapter 18. And sadly, the false righteousness comes from the Pharisee. Sadly, it is the Pharisee's righteousness that is false, and the religious leaders who the people look up to, who honor and respect. 
it's the Pharisee whose righteousness is false. And we're going to look at and see why it's false. What makes the righteousness false? Well, let's look at verse 11. The Pharisee's prayer is all about I. If you notice that, it's all about I. I is actually mentioned five times. I like what someone said. The five I's in this passage reveal the egocentricity of the Pharisee. It reveals his proud heart. Rather than thanking God for what God has done for him, the Pharisee arrogantly brags for what God has done. He brags to God about his own moral purity and religious piety. It's all about self. He's so in love with self that his pride has blinded his, 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 his own righteousness. It's all about self and this has blinded him to what he thinks is right, but he's actually wrong. Now, the Pharisee thought more highly of himself. He trusted in his own righteousness. He loves the gifts that God has given him more than the giver. Like that. He loves the gifts that God has given him more than the giver who is God, like someone said. And we see this in the church today. We, we see people become so proud of their gifts. They're very quick to boast about how Things are going in their ministry. They're very quick to boast more about themselves than actually what Christ is doing in their ministry. How God is working in them and through them in their ministry. How they've been used as a holy instrument in God's hands. And the downfall in trusting in our own righteousness is that we become proud and puffed up. Which takes us away from Really, loving our neighbor. That, that's the whole thing about this Pharisee. It took him away from loving people how God had called them to love in Leviticus chapter 19. Pride puffed him up. Pride took away his love for his neighbor, which leads him to treat people with contempt. That, that what, that's exactly what happens when we have a self-righteous attitude, when we beat our own, our own um, boasting drum, when we, when we talk about ourselves, we kind of start looking down on people. Instead of us being humbled and coming down, pride calls us to, to go up, and as you go up, so God comes down. And you end up just dethroning God, and you sit on the throne, and you think everything's okay. And, and the Pharisees were wrong. They treated people with contempt. They, they, they looked down on people who, who did not match his godliness or piety. But yeah, I just want to digress for a minute. I just want to teach us something about grace and knowledge. Peter's second letter, chapter 3, verse 18. Peter writes, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, we are called... To, to grow both in grace and knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace keeps us humble and loving as we grow in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And it allows us to become more loving and caring and gracious towards people. The grace 
keeps us humble. But if we, if we take away the grace and we only grow in knowledge, that knowledge over time will puff us up. Because now we think we know it all, and, and when people don't know what we know, we can start looking down on them, because the knowledge is cultivating a self-righteous attitude. And therefore we become puffed up in our attitude. We become proud and we become hard-hearted and we look down on people. Paul warned us, he said to the church of Corinth, knowledge makes arrogant, but love builds up. And this is what we're trying to accomplish. We want God's grace to, to, to keep us humble and to, to grow us in our love so that we can keep loving God and loving our neighbor. And that's what was lacking in the Pharisee's life. He was so focused on knowledge and, 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 and showing people outwardly how great he was and, how, and was using that to show people how God was blessing him. And I just think of Joseph in the context of, of growing in grace and knowledge now. I think of, of, of Joseph who was badly treated by his brothers and how, how he went to Egypt and there he grew in grace and knowledge. There he grew in the grace and knowledge of God in Egypt. His love for people grew as well. All the trials that came his way, all the trials that happened in his life, did not cause him to become bitter, miserable, hard-hearted, ugly towards people. No, it, it grew him and, and it and it grew his character for that great day when he would become second in charge. He had no idea where he was going to. He landed in, in Egypt, sold as a slave to Potiphar. Then from Potiphar he went to prison, spent two and a half years there. All this happened over 13 years. At the age of 17, he arrived in Egypt until the age of 30 when God put him second in charge. He had no idea. But he trusted in God's grace, God's mercy, God's love. He trusted in God alone. His relationship with God. And he allowed God to, to work in him and grow him. He trusted God. And, and, and this grew his strength and his, his courage. And also grew his love. See, God's grace softened Joseph's heart to love his brothers eventually in spite of of what they did to him. Because we've, it's very clear. In Genesis chapter 45 verse 4. Joseph said to his brothers. Come near to me please. And they came near. And he said. I am your brother. Joseph whom you sold in Egypt. And now. Do not be distressed. Or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me here. For God sent me before you. To preserve life. And God sent me before you. To preserve life for a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and a lord of all his house, and a ruler over all the land of Egypt. And also in Genesis chapter 50 verse 19, And Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. To bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And that's such a beautiful picture of Joseph trusting in the sovereignty of God. 
seeing God's hand upon the, the entire event. Yes, man meant it for evil. What's going out there, man means it for evil, but God means it for good, for the good of his children. He, he grew Joseph to love his brothers, to care for his brothers. He put away what had happened in the past. He put it behind him and he didn't allow it to control his character and become bitter. He could have had all his brothers' heads chopped off if he wanted. But no, God's grace and mercy and growing in the grace and knowledge of God grew him to love. And God's grace is very important for us as we grow in knowing God from his word. But the Pharisees, the Pharisees, they only grew in knowledge of God. They were so self-righteous, so puffed up, so proud, which caused them to take pride in outward conformity. They loved to be seen tithing and praying on street corners, but sadly, they still had an impure heart. Maybe there were some that had a, a pure heart. Maybe there, there were some. Um, Nicodemus is one of them. And it reminds me of, of his attitude going to Jesus, etc. And eventually helped Jesus off the cross. So, But this Pharisee, well, he had a, a proud heart. And pride, and pride was his biggest downfall. Scripture says he honored God with his lips. But his heart was far from God. And we need to know that God hates pride. Pride destroys so much. Solomon in Proverbs 6, 17 says, God hates a proud. And again, he says in Proverbs 16, 5, Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Why does God hate pride so much? Because it violates the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Pride is self-idolatry. Loving our gifts and our talents at the expense of loving the giver is idolatry. That's why we need God's word to take us away from ourselves, take the eyes off ourselves, fix them on Jesus, so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and basically work on our pride. God's word can cultivate our joy and our love and our peace and, and, and our humility and our compassion and all that that comes from the goodness of Christ. See, pride asserts that man should take supremacy over God, but God has said, my glory I will not give to another. My glory I will not give to another. So the Pharisee loved to parade a righteousness for self-glory. And we've got to be careful that we aren't parading our Christian faith in a self-righteous way, for our own glory. Some of you might be blessed through COVID-19. Are, are we being humble about it? Are we helping the ones in need? Or are you saying, well, look at me, I'm praying, I'm doing this, this is why God's blessing me. That's what the Pharisee did. The Pharisee fasted twice a week, on Mondays and Thursdays. But in the Old Testament, they were only supposed to fast once a year. That was at the, the Jewish feast, the Day of Atonement. They were required to give tithes of their income. They were supposed to give tithes of their income. But they not only gave money, but they went to, and they gave herbs and mint and they could give what they wanted to. They, they were showing the people, look at me. 
I'm this great Pharisee because look what I do for God. And of course, they paraded in their righteousness at the cost of neglecting justice. They neglected mercy and faithfulness. They neglected loving their neighbor. See, this false righteousness showed up in the Pharisees' prayer. God sees our hearts. God knows when we pray, who are we trying to impress? When we talk about how God has blessed us, who are we trying to impress? God sees through all our superficiality. Because this Pharisee is a great example of a false righteousness. God, I love you. Thanks for me and thanks that I'm not like the rest of the rubbish, the swindlers, the prostitutes, the murderers, the, 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 the poor beggars, the weak, the sick. And even this tax collector, this cheat. Thank you that I'm not like him. Pride, self-righteousness, arrogance. Does God look upon such a man? No. With such a proud attitude, how could anyone love his neighbor as himself, especially the stranger or an enemy? So this Pharisee, his righteousness is a showy righteousness. And sadly, it is a false righteousness. A righteousness that was condemned, not justified before God in heaven. Because Jesus said, a tax collector is the one that was justified. He was justified. And Lord willing, we will look at him next Sunday. We would look at a man who had true righteousness. The least expected man who had true righteousness. May we be careful how we look at people and how we perceive people. Because we are showing a, a, a self-righteous if we're looking down on people. We need, to, we need to learn to love and we need to be not like the Pharisee. And Lord willing, we'll look more at the tax collector. But this first type of righteousness that we've looked at from this parable in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, which was a false righteousness, and we looked at it to examine our hearts to see if our own righteousness will be justified before God, our Heavenly Father. It's so important that we examine our hearts, that we don't become so proud and puffed up and think we've arrived. Scripture humbles us. Scripture always brings us back to see, does our righteousness, our righteousness look like the Pharisees who had a false righteousness? And if it does, what are we going to do? If we've examined our heart this morning and we realize, you know what, Mark, Pastor Mark, and I've examined my own heart, my attitude, my righteousness kind of leans towards the Pharisee. Hopefully we're going to look to Jesus, the perfect man. He was clothed in perfect righteousness. Hopefully we'll look to him on the cross and be humbled and repent of our self-righteousness. And seek the one act of righteousness that leads to justification and life for all men. And that righteousness comes to Christ alone. And it's his righteousness, not my righteousness, that I must reflect into the world. Therefore, we must stop presenting our bodies to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present ourselves to God as those who have been brought from, brought from death to life. 
and our members to God as instruments of righteousness. Let us do that. Let us fix our eyes on Christ Jesus and reflect his righteousness into this world. Not our righteousness, which is a false righteousness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your, your word. Be merciful to us. Be gracious to us. But I pray be merciful to us. Forgive us, Father, if we go around parading a false righteousness, if we go around boasting in our own strength, in our own riches, in our own wisdom. Forgive us, Father. Help us to, to really humble ourselves, repent, turn to Christ, put our faith and trust in Him and walk in His ways and trust Him. Forgive us, Father, if we are parading a false righteousness. And if we are parading a, 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 a true righteousness, Lord willing, we'll see next Sunday. Help us to grow in that, Father. And help us to be patient with people. Help us to help people come onto that narrow road and parade a, a true righteousness. But Father, be merciful to us as a church. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that Christ is the head of the church and that his righteousness has been imputed to us when we confessed our sin, when we put our faith and trust in him, when we repented, and we are now clothed in his righteousness. So help us, Father, to reflect his righteousness into this world and not our own, which is a false righteousness. Help us, Father, please be merciful to us, be gracious to us. And I pray and ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I want to close with Romans. Let's just close with Romans chapter 11. Lovely benediction. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. And God's children say, Amen.